This is Self Work, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. At Self Work, we'll discuss psychological and emotional issues common in today's world and what to do about them. I'm Dr. Margaret, and Self Work is a podcast dedicated to you taking just a few minutes today for your own self work. Hello and welcome or welcome back to Self Work. I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. I'm a clinical psychologist. I've lived and worked in Fayetteville, Arkansas for now 30 years. And I was delighted to start bringing you Self Work six years ago now. I kind of wanted to extend the walls of my practice. We started in 2016 and we're still going strong. This is my last episode to record before I have to take a few weeks off for recovery from surgery. A parotidectomy for those who want to look that up. I'm certainly hoping to be back in mid-January, and we've lined up incredible guest hosts, personal favorite episodes of my team, and interviews I've already done this year to close out 2022 and move into 2023 with curiosity, creativity, and celebration. To say I'm not afraid isn't true. My family and friends are facing some ambiguity. Frankly, I'll be glad when instead of my mind leading me down treacherous paths to complications that may not even occur... I'll be relieved to get the surgery behind me when I can see and hear what's on my plate to cope with and tackle. I'm extremely lucky that my tumor is benign first and foremost. Many of you have likely had to deal with cancer yourself or have watched a loved one do so, which is far scarier. But as I often suggest to others, it's not helpful to compare and somehow shame myself for my own anxiety. But this week, I've gotten so many messages from many of you, and I want to play at the end of this episode one of them that is especially meaningful. But today, we're forging ahead, and I wanted this episode to once again be about you as I feature your questions. This week, it's relationships with your mothers or mothers-in-law, three different problems, and what I hope are three helpful answers. Mothers aren't problems in and of themselves. Psychiatry blamed mothers years ago from everything from autism to schizophrenia, and that was all just plain wrong. Even Freud's granddaughter, Sophie Freud, also a professor and psychiatric social worker, has said that her grandfather didn't understand a woman's sexuality at all. So we're not throwing moms under the bus. I'm a mom, and I know I've not been a perfect one, but I have no desire to be thrown under any vehicle, bus or no bus. And of course, dads have their own dynamic, which can be destructive. But the questions I received did pertain to moms, so we'll focus on potential problems that can arise as you become an adult yourself and try to make the normal transitions along with your mother or your mother-in-law. First, let's hear from BetterHelp. The most common problem I hear from those seeking therapy is how hard it is to find a therapist, how long it takes, how vulnerable you feel asking around for names, how far you might have to travel to get to their office. BetterHelp solves those problems. After you make the first contact, their standard is to offer names of therapists to you in less than two days. And you can talk to them in a first session to see if it's a good fit. And if so, you're on your way. But if not, rather than going through an awkward call or email, You simply let BetterHelp know, and they'll ask what it was you didn't like and find someone else for you. This very caring process takes so much of the responsibility and the vulnerability out of it for you. Now, that doesn't mean you won't feel vulnerable in actual therapy, but the time and difficulty of finding someone is what they handle for you. And of course, since you can text, chat, or talk virtually, then all of those avenues are open to you. 
They're counselors, are licensed professionals, LBCs, psychologists, social workers, men, women. They have different specialties, just like in your community. And they can focus on what you need where you are in your life. The pandemic forced many counselors to work virtually, myself included. But what I learned is that virtual work feels different, but I also found it very helpful and for some people, much easier. So here's their offer for self-work listeners. 10% off your first month of sessions if you use this link, betterhelp.com slash self-work. That's betterhelp.com slash self-work. I recently enjoyed a wonderful weekend reunion with five of my best high school friends. We laughed over how much we hadn't changed and shared some of our own struggles, both past and present. All of us talked about how our relationship with our moms and dads had influenced the rest of our lives. For two of us, the relationship had offered consistent and healthy caring. Others had had harsh or emotionally complicated moms who hadn't shown much affection or the opposite had been smothering. And dad may have been the parent who offered more stability, or of course, perhaps neither did. But it was fascinating to remember those moms, again, these are women I've known all my life, and what we thought of them as children, and now recognize what was perhaps under the surface in the family. There are many mothers, and you or your partner may be one of them, that do a super job. I think parenting is perhaps the most ambiguous and difficult job of them all, since you really don't know how things are going to turn out. But women are also human beings and mothers that have problems. And these problems affect them and their children. No different than dads, really. Except that research shows that women still do the majority of hands-on parenting. Now, it's definitely changing, but that change is taking some time. Today, we're going to focus on three questions from listeners to self-work that I thought were likely to be quite reflective of problems that many of you might have with your mother or your dad or your in-laws. The first email was too long to read all of it here, but she described that as a child, she would often take care of her younger siblings. And now I'm quoting, my mother and I had a very difficult relationship. She herself never had a loving home or relationship with her own mother, and we, her children, never met her. My mom didn't even know what that was. She abused me mentally and physically in many ways. One day she loved me. The next day she despised me. She ordered my father around to have the same behavior toward me as she had. I was constantly afraid of doing or saying something wrong toward any of them. I was a very quiet child and tried to spend most of my time with my grandparents, escaping the tyranny. That worked for most of the time. I have so many happy moments and memories with them, but hardly any of me with her. And that makes me sad. For me, my grandmother is much more of a mother to me. Now, I continue. This listener had been estranged from her mother for quite a while, and she gave many examples of her mom purposefully hurting her. Then out of the blue, there was a phone call with her mother learning that she'd had a daughter. At that point, out of protectiveness, this listener said no to her mom. She and her granddaughter would not meet. Now I'll pick up and quote this listener again. In the past week, my mother passed away, and I can't seem to shake the feeling of guilt because of our last conversation the way it went, and that I denied her wish, her grandchild. I was starting to question if I was too hard on her. Considering her borderline mental health issues and physical issues, she, in the end, didn't choose to be sick. 
My husband doesn't understand why I'm sad at her passing due to all the things I've experienced, because throughout our relationship, he witnessed her behavior toward me and the rest of my brothers. I tried to explain. I have mixed feelings. So here's my answer to her. Of course you have mixed feelings. That's normal. But please remember that you began as a child in this relationship. Your mother may not have known how to do motherhood better, and you're right, that's sad for all involved. But she also didn't seem to take responsibility for the impact of her ignorance or her emotional instability and manipulative nature on others. I've said on self-work before that I wouldn't wish borderline traits, severe problems with emotional regulation, constant perceptions of abandonment, self-destructive behaviors, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And, however, the lack of insight or accountability for the actions that those emotions lead to can cause great harm. Your grandmother's presence in your life, and it also sounds like your grandfather, was vital for you. Research has shown that what can make a huge difference in a child's resilience in the face of a chaotic home environment is simply one person. One person who loves them well, who cares, who lets them know they matter, who shows them what real love feels like. So, bless your grandparents. Not everybody has that one person, but I'm glad you did. You're sad for the child you were. You're sad that there's not another chance for the two of you to reach a better place. You're sad that your mother's own life was so unhappy and chaotic. We can really put any word into that sad spot. You're angry. You're disappointed. You're demoralized. You're exhausted. Of course your feelings are mixed. If you can get into therapy to help sort this out, probably would only take a few sessions. Please do so. But there is a book called Understanding the Borderline Mother by Christina Lawson. That's really good, and I highly recommend it. You can feel all these different feelings of grief, but also know that you protected your own daughter from what would likely be continued manipulation and chaos. You know, one of the reasons why I included this particular listener email is because the blog post on my website that actually gets hundreds and hundreds of views every week is called The Emotionally Unstable Mother. And I will share that blog post and I'll share the podcast that mimics it or is very close to it. Trying to understand a mother like this is very, very difficult. And often you can be afraid that you're going to turn out the same way. But hopefully you had that one person. Here's the second listener email. I found your blog post and podcast about enmeshment to be very helpful. I've done a lot of self-work during the past few years to understand my feelings, but the emotional side of it still hits me hard. I'm in my late 20s and have had a close relationship with my mother ever since I can remember. She brought me up as a single parent, and due to various events, including her serious illness, where I became her caregiver for a couple of years, we have always lived together. I'm entering an exciting new phase of life as I'm about to move in with my boyfriend, and we're very happy together. I'd always planned to leave home sooner. I do feel a sadness about leaving my mother on her own. She's single, has few friends, and lives in a quiet rural area. The emotional weight of knowing that she will be on her own is hard. She has told me that she'll get on with it, but I know she doesn't always find it easy. She has made some comments to me about things she wishes she'd done differently in her life and how she never planned to be living on her own for the first time in her early 70s. 
She had children and married very young, and I'm the last sibling to leave. I wondered if you had any advice about navigating this transition period for mother and daughter. First of all, it sounds as if you've recognized that perhaps you and your mom have been somewhat enmeshed. That doesn't mean that the relationship was really terrible, but there were some complications about it. You may have felt, especially being the youngest child, that you were there to meet her emotional needs. And it sounds like you still have vestiges of that sense of responsibility for her. And you have empathy for her. You care deeply and are sad that when she looks back on her life, she has regrets. Empathy is wonderful, except when you allow it to somehow mar your own happiness because she's in a place where she's going to need to find her way, in a new way at that. And also, if enmeshment is a strong part of your relationship, then this may be new for you, that you think about yourself first. Because you should. Of course your mother has learning to do. And being older brings with it new challenges for many. But if you've seen her cope before... It sounds like she certainly did, being a single mom and rearing her children. Perhaps you could remind her of her own strength. What skills does she have already, or what skills could she work on to find fulfillment in her own life? Maybe her illness prolonged what was inevitable, or at least is normal, that adult children have their own lives separately from their parents. She's been lucky to have you, and sounds like you, her, to a great extent. But she wouldn't want you to not create your own life so that she could be spared this new challenge, or at least I doubt it. Now, if she is not very healthy emotionally, you may be getting mixed signals about that. Healthy parents want their children to grow their own adult lives. It can be joyful watching it, and it can be gratifying when every once in a while that grown child needs some advice or support from their parent. But that works best when there's empathy but not guilt. I once had a therapist ask me the question, what if your life was happier than your mom's? At the time, I was so enmeshed with her, my mom, meaning I also felt guilt for her not being happy, and somehow I felt responsible for that happiness, that I immediately said, oh, that would be horrible. I know now, and as a parent myself, I want my adult child to have his own life. My happiness isn't his task. It's mine. And what can really mess that up is guilt, because you'll feel like you're doing something wrong when you're not. You're becoming an adult and moving into your own life. So certainly encourage your mom to look into herself and look at the next decade of her life with goals she wants to set for herself. Maybe that has to do with getting more connected. Maybe that has to do with taking an online course in something that interests her. Sometimes older people will tell me, I'm too old to do X, Y, or Z. And maybe you are if you're still naming X, Y, and Z as the things that you wanted to do in your 20s and 30s. But what could that goal look like at 70? I started podcasting when I was 62, and I promise you it was daunting. But my life has been so enriched. I hope your mom can take these next few years, stare them straight in the face, and be proactive in some way that's meaningful to her. And where your task is, is to let go of the guilt. Because that guilt will keep you emotionally tied to her in a way that will not be healthy for either one of you. Here's the third listener email. I found your book in August, and it opened my eyes and will make my future better. 
Since the birth of my child six years ago, I have been on my own journey of letting go of perfection for her sake and my own. And now that I'm the mother of three, that hard work will help all of them. And reading your book, I felt proud that I somehow intuitively came to many similar realizations as you outline in your book. It was inspiring to see I'm on the right path, and I can't thank you enough for sharing your knowledge with me. Of course, I'm very touched by that. One very painful part of this letting go of perfection journey was realizing that I couldn't make a perfect relationship with my mother-in-law work out, as I had imagined before my first child was born. I could not live up to her expectations and my own at the same time. Our values and preferences were just too different. And boy, does she have opinions about everything, so I really know just what I do differently. I choose to meet my expectations, and I'm okay with that. But the whole trying to make it work with her for my husband's sake has not been good for me. What happens when you marry a husband with an enmeshed mother, and that mother-in-law tries to enmesh with you and how you raise your family? How do you protect yourself and your marriage? What is fair to expect my husband to protect me and our marriage? The problem is that his mother treats me like a child that needs training in the ways of raising a family and seems to expect things of me and her relationship with our family that I'm not comfortable with. Again, here's this enmeshment dynamic, and I will definitely put some information in the show notes about enmeshment. My husband has on numerous occasions protected his mother's feelings by not setting the boundaries I have asked for, which left me open to more boundaries being crossed. Each time, I felt not just the pain of the boundary being crossed, but most importantly, the pain of not being protected by my husband. I tried to politely set my own boundaries, and she basically said, no, this works for her. Deep down, I know he is afraid his mother won't love him if he sets boundaries with her. I can see where that fear comes from because I have witnessed that as he ineffectively tried to set boundaries with her, she responded by invalidating him. While it makes me so sad for him that he believes that his mother's love is conditional, I also realized recently that I can't keep showing up and allowing myself to get hurt. Trying my hardest to give him the friendly and loving wife-mom relationship he had hoped for has left me feeling powerless and unhappy. She treats me with less respect than she treats him, and I feel like a pawn in their years-long cycle of, don't leave me. This is a real problem in my marriage and has left me questioning my otherwise amazing husband's love for me. Do you have advice on how he and I heal the wounds between us and how we move forward with a woman who I want in my husband and children's lives? When I wrote back to this listener that I was going to feature her email question this week on self-work, she wrote me back and said that would be wonderful and both she and her husband would listen, so I certainly hope it's helpful. Here's my answer. First of all, let me say how much I'm impressed with your own insight and transparency in this situation. There are three facets of work that I think you and your husband could consider. First of all, are individual things that could be influencing your approach to this issue. For you yourself, the listener, it might be helpful to sit and think or write about the expectations you brought into the marriage. How could your experience with your own parents, especially perhaps your mom, be influencing your perspective? Often we want something very different than we had growing up, or at least hope to create that. Or sometimes we had a relationship with our mom that we walk in expecting to have with a mother-in-law, a really good relationship. Of course, I don't know. But I would imagine that something about your past is influencing how you're seeing this. 
wherever that perfectionism is coming from that you talked about that my book was helpful for you to see how it was born or emerged may need to be considered here. How was anger or control a part of your childhood? Was there a sense of you being invisible? And now some of that, or whatever it could be, is being triggered by your mother-in-law as well. Just start to wonder what's influencing your perspective that may have little to do with your own mother-in-law. And as far as your husband, now I'm talking to you, (laughs) maybe you're acquiescing to your wife, agreeing that you're going to do something that you know you're not ready to do, and therefore unintentionally setting you both up for conflict or disappointment. Or perhaps you're really agreeing with your wife, but you don't know how to do it as of yet. And are you ready to learn? It certainly sounds like your mom isn't going to go along with the change, and you grew up with that. So again, that's had some sort of influence on you. So you have a lot of work there for you. It also may be that you don't agree with your wife and want to move things in a different direction than her. So Both of you need to say clearly, this is where I stand. This is what I want. This is what I think I'm capable of right now. And then maybe you can talk about that in terms of now and two months from now and four months from now. But then and only then can you truly begin to understand how your desires are different and how you can begin to compromise. I've used the example before on self-work that if you have two teams that are playing against one another, they both have to take their stance, and that's when the game begins. Each team has to say, I'm going to stand here, and this is going to be my plan, and the other team responds, and vice versa. That's what the two of you need to do. What are your clear differences, and how do you compromise? Now, I'm sure there are other aspects of this to consider, but those are a few that immediately occur to me. Obviously, not knowing the two of you, I can only make educated guesses, and I could be off. So that's the individual work. The second aspect of this is couples work. Your last question is aptly put. And to remind everyone, the listener wrote, do you have advice on how he and I heal the wounds between us and how we move forward? I think the first thing you and your husband need to address are those wounds. My gut is telling me that finding a way to feel partnered in this is essential. Because right now, as soon as the mother-in-law enters the scene, it sounds like things start going poorly between the two of you. Figuring out what to do about that will likely take some time. So you may need to give yourself a time out from interactions with your mother or mother-in-law, and that might be important. In fact, even considering a timeout or writing to her that you both need some time might begin to cement the idea that the two of you are going to come up with a partnered way to approach what she's refusing to see is conflict. This is a complicated enough situation where I'd also recommend couples work with a therapist who may be able to help you define what steps you both want to take and what steps you're ready to take and how to take them. You want to try and use this situation to build trust, because underneath all this, could it be that the erosion in your relationship is due to losing trust in one another? Is the other one considering your feelings and struggles when they say or do something you may not feel like they are? And if you feel like they aren't, that's about losing trust, which is something you want to not do. Then there's a third facet to consider. That's the hope that you have for your family to be a warm and loving place for everyone. Your children, the two of you, your mother-in-law, of course you do. That's normal. 
but you and your husband are only in control of part of that, your part. You don't mention a father-in-law. I'm not sure what that's about, but he might be helpful or not. I've talked before on Self Work Again about realizing you only can control part of every relationship you're in. And as much as you might want a situation or a person to change or to be a certain way, that person may not be capable of it. So you may have to take into consideration that your mother-in-law or your mother may be unable to make this kind of change or simply not be willing to change it. And those are two completely different feelings. So if she's not willing to change it, what kind of plan do you need to have for that? And if you decide, you know, I really don't think she's able to change this part of her behavior, then how do you handle that as well? Again, the most important part is that each of you be open about what you believe is your responsibility for the conflict between the two of you and then work on an approach to your mother or mother-in-law that both of you can get on board with and see what's next. And again, you may need to do that in sort of a sequence Something that you both say, let's do this for two months or three months, then six months down the road, let's try this. And again, I think a therapist might be very helpful. Good luck to you both. As I said before, I think probably many of you have situations in your life similar to these. I'm not a mother-in-law yet, (laughs) and I've certainly heard my fair share of mother-in-law stories. So I'm going to do my best to watch my own boundaries and glory in the fact that someone loves my son and he them. I want to thank you for being here today. This is especially meaningful to me. Doing this podcast and being a part of the people's lives that listen is one of the joys of my life. So I'm going to look forward to coming back into your ears, your homes, your cars, wherever you listen in 2023, live and in person, or at least a new recording. I want to play for you a message that I got just yesterday. And why it means so much to me is the fact that this young woman would take time out of her day to reach out to me and let me know about her concern, but also how she has learned and grown here at Self Work. This is why I'm so determined, and I'll be back with you sooner rather than later. Hello, Dr. Rutherford. I have been listening to your podcast since uh, it began in 2018, identifying my depression with perfectly hidden traits, psychologically transitioned my day-to-day depression drastically and tremendously. Thank you very much. I've also read your book and have followed your podcast for the last four years and utilize it alongside my regular biweekly therapy and my antidepressant that it finally took to accept in 2020, ironically in January, right before the pandemic. So to you, Dr. Rutherford, who we will miss greatly while you are on leave, but grateful you are taking the time to take care of yourself. Thank you for making stronger women. I'm grateful for a woman like you who has a healthy relationship with the psychological mind and is teaching the younger generation of women how to do the same. 
we love you with all of our heart. And I say it for myself, but I know I'm saying it for many as well. Good luck. Love you. Cheers. You can see why I was so touched. Thank you so very, very much. You can email me at AskDrMargaret at DrMargaretRutherford.com. You can check me out on Instagram. I love to post there. And of course, my book, Perfectly Hidden Depression, is available. And as this woman said who wrote in, it's been helpful to her just to have her own journey affirmed. Thank you once again for being here. Please take very, very good care of you, the people you love, and of your community. I'm Dr. Margaret. And this has been Self Work.